So I want to talk about macroeconomics real quick. The first thing, the first thing to touch on here would be aggregation into big cities and cost disease. I want to I want to talk about these two things because I think they are the main drivers towards becoming a digital nomad. They are the things that would make us prefer this lifestyle towards a typical lifestyle and also that make this lifestyle achievable. So cost disease is this thing that many people have noted, which causes prices to go up while wages stagnate. And it's especially prevalent in the developed Western countries, think the US, the UK, France, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, so on. It doesn't seem to be present in poorer countries or not to the same extent. Upon a closer look, you can see that it's not all prices that are going up. It's really the prices for services and housing that are going up. The reason for that is complex and I'm not sure I can identify it in full. In part, you would expect this to go the opposite way or you would expect this to go the opposite way because in rich countries, people no longer have to do manufacturing jobs. All they have to do is service jobs. So you'd expect them to, you'd expect more competition and uh, lower prices in the service sector, but that doesn't seem to be the case. You would also expect housing to be cheaper because a driver of, of housing before was the fact that people had to come together in uh, places with a lot of um, resources and with a lot of expensive pre-built factories. But that's also no longer the case. So it's, it's kind of odd that services and, and housing are, are going up in price in the richer countries. Uh, I won't speculate as to why too much. I would say you can boil it down to cultural changes. People spend more on healthcare, even if that healthcare is, uh, is harmful because they're afraid of death. People go more to coffee places or restaurants because they, uh, they don't have some higher meaning in life and uh, they feel uncomfortable maybe living this way and they need to do something to fill time in order to, to not just keep working and in order to not feel bad uh, but I yeah I should I should probably not psychoanalyze society too much um, but also blame this on just people having fewer skills or you know who knows uh, regardless we seem to need more services uh, we I say I say people in the in the developed world seem to need more services than ever and that the prices are going up uh, now, the other thing that I want to point out here, or I should, I should make it obvious before, this is not a thing in underdeveloped countries or in developing countries, I should say. Uh, really, even, even if you go past the top 20 or, or 30 list, uh, 30 in terms of like GDP per capita, you will not find cost disease or it will definitely not be so, so prevalent. For example, just to give a, an example where I am right now in the, in the Canaries, um, I won't give the current island where I am, but in 
my favorite island, which is La Palma. You can buy a high-rise apartment with a view towards the sea and a view towards the evergreen mountains for less than 100,000 euros. And you can go and enjoy a, what, what I would call a Michelin two-star work experience in terms of artisanal croquettes with your morning coffee for five euros, uh, which is, you know, what I'm speaking of here is like a very fancy restaurant for very cheap. And you can, uh, you can go eat at like the Chinese fast food for even cheaper, I think for three euros, which is basically enough for, for somebody with, with minimum wage to afford an apartment, to afford eating out uh, quite often. So there, there are places where services are, are still cheap. They, they usually tend to be developing countries. Uh, heavily underdeveloped countries also don't really work in part because there's a reason why they're heavily underdeveloped. Usually there's, there's war and hunger and misery. So um, services are not necessarily cheap there because they just don't exist. Anyway, uh, that example to make things more vivid and that mention aside, I think we should move on to aggregation in large cities. This one is much simpler to explain. People aggregate in large cities. This makes no sense because those people are doing jobs that could be done remotely and uh, the companies hiring them, even if they didn't want them to, to work remotely, uh, they, could be, they could be establishing their headquarters in different cities. And if you've ever been to, to the Bay Area, it's not the nicest place. It's very nice in terms of, of nature, but uh, often not their spires as far as they hear. And more importantly, it's very, very expensive in terms of renting a place. And it's full of uh, insane homeless people, which are, and I mean insane in the, in the, in the strongest sense of the, of the world possible. You see, you see people uh, naked masturbating on the street in broad daylight. You have people screaming and talking in tongues. So it's, um, it's not a, a misnomer that I'm using here. Um, and uh, yeah, because of who knows what type of governmental incompetence, but uh, nothing is being done about this. So it's, it's not a super nice place to be in, all things considered. The weather is okay, but it's not tropical island, okay. Uh, and it depends on the, on the city you're in there. And then New York, obviously, if you've been there, it's, uh, it's loud, it stinks, it's polluted, it's expensive. Uh, it, it has a uh, homeless problem. Not as big as far as I've seen as, as the Bay Area, but still it's, it's a thing. And it's also potentially very dangerous depending on, on where you live. And it's, uh, it has, let's say, um, inequality that tends to remind one of what it may have been to live in the, or sorry, tends to inspire in one what it might have been like to live in the 18th century. Uh, I, I won't go over places like Seattle because I haven't been there, or London because my criticism would be would be similar to New York, or uh, Paris because to to understand I guess why that place is terrible. I hear you must you must spend a lot of time there. Um, but essentially, most most big cities are. Um, are, are terrible and expensive. Uh, the fact that they're expensive makes them more terrible. Uh, but you would expect the fact that they're terrible to start making them less expensive. 
However, this is not happening. Companies keep uh, keep aggregating there. Um, this is a paradox uh, that I've seen no explanation for. I, I think that a lot of companies are honestly figuring this out um, and they are starting to, to think of why they are doing that as well and, and starting to stop doing it. Um, that's, that's why you see such a, such a big move towards remote. I guess the main reasons you could, you could think are the fact that uh, the fact that the people that started those companies uh, just out of happenstance live there. They have they had to have lived somewhere, so they lived there, which is as good a place as any, uh, or was back then. And a lot of similar people that started similar companies lived in uh, in the same places. So a lot of the people that started tech companies lived in Silicon Valley or in the Bay Area more, more broadly. Um, the reason why they stuck there, I guess, is inertia and this, this issue that uh, people tend to want to be where their higher-ups are. So if you are an aspiring manager, you want to be close to your boss because that way you can establish some sort of out-of-work relationships and you will more easily be trusted and promoted. If you are an aspiring middle manager, um, you want to be you know, close physically in physical proximity to the to the upper manager and, and so on and so forth. And you get these these chains of, of everyone that, that has the slightest bit of ambition knows that as long as there's this option of being in physical proximity to coworkers, you can you can exploit it um, to to advance in the company. So everyone that's someone in the company congregates in one place. And then also for the, the lower rungs of the ladder, I think the I think the um, the mania goes the other way around too. People that work in uh, meager managerial positions, um, think product, um, think project management. A lot of the times, they're not always, but a lot of the times, since these are positions that are poorly paid and often unrewarding, uh, they may do so in, in part due to uh, due to ego, due to liking to, to control others to some extent. And um, that's obviously only something that you really enjoy in person. Then there's the, the practical considerations, such as the fact that if you're in proximity to other tech companies, you can poach their employees and vice versa. And this may actually be helpful if you think there's people with different temperaments that are that would be happy at, let's say, Google versus Apple, since they can exchange employees and both end up in a, in a better situation. Uh, and then there's, there's, well, yeah, I guess then there's this idea that by working in the same office, there is a, a benefit to productivity. The question there would become, well, why not have the offices in different places? And I think the answer there is something like, well, uh, you see, people, programmers, good programmers, try to live in the same place. Because, or in the case of a sales company, good salespeople or good marketing people, because there's something about them that makes them similar, that makes them congregate to say, to say Silicon Valley or to more broadly the Bay Area, much the same way that 
good stockbrokers, or I guess that's not a profession that exists anymore, but good something-something finance people tend to congregate to London and New York and Singapore and Hong Kong. So, yeah, I guess I guess that's the reason why this happens. It's it's really fairly nonsensical when you think about it, and uh, even if there is an underlying reason, it's not something that one would want to participate in. It's um, it's one of those things. It's like war, you know. War sometimes it's necessary, and we see it being necessary. Um, but I couldn't understand participating in it myself. Um, if I were in, in Churchill's England, I would be, on a meta level, I'd be very happy that uh, someone is opposing the, the Nazis, but also I would um, flee before being conscripted and, and cheer from uh, the balustrade. So that, that, that's kind of the same thing with the current working condition in large cities. Maybe there's a reason why they have to happen. I, I, I don't think they, they do. I think you can just work remotely. But at any rate, wouldn't encourage anyone to actually participate in it. I would much rather struggle not to be stuck in those places. And uh, yeah, the question I guess that, that comes then is, what does this have to do with being a digital nomad and working in location-independent fashion? The obvious answer is, well, you've, uh, you know, I hope, I hope you figured this out by now. Uh, you can, uh, you can profit of the current situation of, of the world by selling your services to rich countries where cost disease is making their cost very high by working remotely as to not live in these very big cities that are expensive and horrible and by traveling to poorer countries especially if you want if you want services so if you want to stay at hotels if you want to get massages if you want to eat out a lot if you want to go on tours, on guided tours, uh, uh, so on and so forth. If you, if you want to do these things, which require other people to spend their time making you slightly happier, uh, you should probably do so in, in poor countries. I guess the uh, disadvantage here is that you will have to, to learn to be a bit more multicultural. As I said, the, the reason in part why people don't come to more developed countries to offer their services or not in such big quantities that would be expected is because of cultural differences and when you when you go to a hotel in let's say india you might have a different um different reception than in the uk um, or in france if you order a meal same thing if you find a tour guide same thing. Is this relevant? Um, to many people, it isn't. I guess to, to a lot of, especially older people that are more stuck in their ways, just because that naturally happens as people age, I guess, um, it, it is. And uh, a lot of the times, those old people are the ones that, that have the money, that have the power. So, yeah, I, I would say that it's not a, a very big issue, and uh, I find the multicultural aspect of traveling to be quite enjoyable, actually. I, I really like seeing how other people do things. 
sometimes it's just a bit silly and you make fun of it. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you can just switch countries and everything's fine. Uh, selling your services to the rich countries, especially if you, like myself, are born in a, in a poor country, can be difficult because, uh, again, there's this cultural barrier. I guess if you never really abandoned the, the culture of your country, then it might be impossible. But if, if you are listening to this podcast, right, like you're listening to something in English, well, uh, presumably you've, you've already abandoned the uh, culture of your, of your home country to some extent. Um, otherwise, you wouldn't have learned English to the extent of, of consuming content in it. Uh, so that's already done. The reasons why, why people do it are, well, they vary, and I wouldn't necessarily want to say that they're good, they're bad, but it, it's just a thing that happens. So if, if you're already acclimatized into Anglophone culture to some extent, you might as well uh, make use of this and, and sell your services. But again, you don't want to do this by going into the big city because you're just going to, to hop on a new rat race with your only hope being, well, maybe to, to save up some funds to go back home. But ideally, you would want to be happy while working, not work to be happy in a, in a distant future. So uh, you should try to work remotely. I, I would argue that the, the best remote job is programming, in part because it doesn't require so much cultural um, acclimatization. Actually, there, there's a bit of an advantage when you are programming for being uh, slightly different, a bit odd, a bit socially awkward. And I will go into that in, in the next episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think this is pretty much a good summary of macroeconomics as it purports to uh, digital nomading. And hopefully it's been, it's been useful to, to someone here. Who knows? I'll catch you guys later. And uh, to, to, to let me know, like an email, comment, whatever you do with podcast, um, if this is enjoyable and what I should change, uh, because I might, or, or I might not, who knows.